Welcome to Season 5 of For the Quantum Grammar Shoot Podcast, a podcast where I discuss how correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, i.e. quantum grammar, uh, has affected my life and the psychology behind it. Now, these are my stories, histories, just opinions, spoken in plain colloquial English, so there's a bracket at the beginning of the audio and a bracket at the end. So I hope you find some value in these stories and opinions, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. After listening back to For the Quantum Grammar Shoot, uh, number 39, I decided that I needed to give more closure on the cause of the claim, where it comes from, the source, and to give some more psychology behind that. So if you want to learn correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, one thing uh, one must accept, and I'm going to use the no contract word, accept, A-C-C-E-P-T, you need to receive this. You need to let it permeate into your psyche. Is that one may only create a claim for themselves. Cannot make a claim for someone else. That's a trespass. Unless, of course, the other person, the other contract party, gives you consent. Gives you their consent to do that. Otherwise, you can only make claims for yourself. Cannot tell someone what they should do what they need to do. You cannot give someone a command that you don't have a contract with. I mean, for them to do something uh, with their own lives. Now, if it's you, and you have a domicile, for example, then you would have your terms and conditions from your vessel construct, your domicile construct. And of course, if an outside party wants to enter your vessel, they have to comply with your terms and conditions which would be considered a command. I command you to take your shoes off when you come into my house. So if you say, no, I'm not going to take my shoes off, well, you violated the terms and conditions and you are in the wrong. You are trespassing. I'm not trespassing on you by telling you to take your shoes off. You're trespassing by not taking your shoes off. You don't have to come into my house. If you don't agree with my terms and conditions, you can just leave. Otherwise, it's a trespass. So I just wanted to illustrate that to show you how that works. One may only make a claim for themselves. Their biosphere, their construct, whatever comes in under the ages of those contracts. So, in the spirit of that, think about where claims come from. Think about where the knowledge comes from, the sensation comes from. The cognition of that sensation. Where does all that come from? With my knowledge, in my experience, it comes from our psyche. Some would say we have a tribunal. We have a physical body. We have a mind and then we have a spirit. Spirit is directly linked with breath. The thinking comes from the mind. So, when we have stimuli which is picked up by our senses, this is something 
we think about in our formatory apparatus, as Gurdjieff used to call it, in our brains. And as far as I, you know, my experience goes, if I feel something, if I sense something, 9.9 times out of 10, a word forms in my head to try and categorize or describe what it is that I'm sensing. And that, my friends, is why the grammar, the language, is so potent and so powerful. If you learn correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, it will put you into a position where you can become steward of your grammar. Meaning, it doesn't control you. You don't control it. You're a steward of it. You guide it. And the important part of what I just said is, it does not control you. I didn't say you control it, because the word control is a term of war. It implies coercion. It implies forcing something to do something it doesn't want to do. And that's the importance of this grammar, is that the words you choose to use dictate your fate. Or fate in general. How well you communicate is your fate. And I've done a video on that. It's on my YouTube channel. If I remember, I will leave a link to it in the description of this podcast, this particular podcast. So that is what I'm talking about when I'm saying I use the word steward rather than control. Because we know, and it's logic, that war negates contract. And if you want to go back to those old videos of colon David hyphen Wynn colon Miller and colon Russell hyphen J colon Gould prior to 2017, you will hear them say that. War negates contract, control, capture. Those types of things, those types of words are war-like words. When you capture something, you're taking something against its will. Whether it's another person um, a country, a flag, war negates contract. Think about that for a minute. In any case, back to the point at hand, the source of our claims. Where does it come from? As I said, we can think of ourselves as a tribunal. Mind, body, spirit. So we have the mind, which basically is the steward of our communications, our logic, our decisions. As I stated in the last podcast, I would not exist if you were not sensing me right now. This podcast would not exist if you weren't sensing it, if you weren't listening to it, using your hearing sensation. Again, sensation is not an opinion. Unless you consider your sight, your hearing, your smell, your touch, your taste. Unless you consider that to be opinion. And if you do, well, that's your choice. But in correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, we deal with the facts. And the facts of our senses, our first-hand knowledge, our senses, sensation, sentence, sentience. Get it? So... As I said, 
and to flip it around from my first-hand knowledge, you, the viewer, would not exist if I was not sensing you right now. My domicile would not exist if I were not sensing it. If I were not touching the counter right now as I'm leaning on it, as I record this podcast, this phone would not exist if I wasn't speaking into it or sensing it. And, you know, to go further and further on down the line, you, you see where we could take this. Uh, the sky would not exist if I did not sense it. We could go on. I'm not going to go on any further than that. Uh, but everything comes from our firsthand knowledge. Now, first-hand knowledge can also include first-hand knowledge of witness testimony. <clears throat> if I have a friend that I trust, and they tell me that this, that, and the other thing has happened, that they witnessed it, I can choose to participate with that as a fact and certify it with them because I trust them, and there's a trust there that would be credible. Now, if someone I don't know came up to me and made some uh, outlandish claim, of course, I would be much less uh, apt to participate with that as a fact. And uh, trust me, it's funny that I say that because I could probably guess that 99% of my listeners don't know me. So I'm just using that as a slang term, I guess. Trust me, I've had... Many, many people approach me with many outlandish uh, claims of things with regards to everything from government conspiracies to galactic federations, shape-shifting aliens, Satanists, um, all kinds of stuff that, while, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't live in a cave, I've been hearing about these things since I was a teenager back in the 80s. However, I've spent my entire life basically looking for places and scenarios with which to witness something strange or unusual or supernatural. Whether it's ghosts or UFOs or demons or what, whatever. Bigfoot, uh, aliens, uh, secret government, conspiracies, and I, I just haven't seen it. Not for lack of effort for looking for it, but I have never seen it. So I would not participate with those things as facts. I definitely participate with them as possibilities because I'm not closed-minded. I'm just very skeptical. And in order for me to participate with something as a fact, I need more than someone's word on it especially someone that I don't know. Because what is the source of their claim? Whether it's correct sentence structure or not, where are they coming from with their claim? And most times it's from a video that they saw or uh, something they read, but usually not something they experienced firsthand. So it is what it is. But the point I'm trying to make is to come back to where a claim comes from. I have helped uh, students and postulants uh, construct claims where they made a claim of 
being able to travel uh, in, you know into space now you may think that's a fantastic type of claim to make how would one make that well think about it for a minute number one what is space and number two what vehicle or vessel or construct would you use that anyone could use to travel to any point in space or any location on a timeline? Think about it for a minute. I just thought about it for a minute. And uh, I know I asked you, the listener, to think about it and think about what vehicle one could use to travel to space or outer space. And I also asked, what is space? What I mean by that is, what is your correct sentence structure, communication, parse, syntax, grammar, closure on space? And what is uh, the same closure on a vehicle that one would use to travel? In space and rather than give you the closure here I'm just gonna hold off on that and if you have anything further to add if you have an answer for me you can go ahead and reach out to me at jasonmatthewg17 at gmail.com and send me your answers and I just like to read them and see what you have to say about it I'll repeat it again what is your closure on space and what sort of vehicle would you be able to use to travel through space? It's, a, it's something that everyone has access to. Go ahead and send me your answers if, if you want to. jasonmatthewg 17 at gmail.com. This should be fun. And then maybe in the next podcast or in a video or something, I'll, I'll give you, I'll share my closure on that subject. So it all comes down to what is your closure on source and where does the where does the cause of the claim come from and the reason why the cause comes before the verb and never after the verb in other words you would never see the positional for for after a verb is because you must have a cause to start anything if something comes from a cause there must be a cause before there's a concern before there's thinking or before there's anything to possess, and certainly before there's an authority. There must be a cause. And that is why the for the comes first. And any authority comes last. And that's why for is congruent with by, and of is congruent with with. And that's how you can maintain that mathematical precision forwards and backwards if you follow those sequencing guidelines. That's how correct sentence structure works. That is a mathematical interface on grammar that I just described to you. You have to follow a specific set of functions in order for that to be correct. And of course, you can look at my YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash Jason Matthew Glass, and I give those closures on there, uh, free to the public. Of course, I also offer the confidential correct grammar workshops, uh, but... Uh, you must apply for those if you're interested, and you can do that through the same email address, jasonmatthewg17 at gmail.com. Send me an email saying you're interested, and I'll write you back, and we'll send up a short consultation to see uh, if you qualify.
because I think this should be available to everyone. That's why I have a public YouTube channel and share all the knowledge and, and put those uh, many, 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 many hours of uh, knowledge up there for you. So I hope this has uh, helped to clarify the cause and the source of where a claim comes from. Comes from the psyche, comes from the sensation. One cannot make a claim for someone else unless that someone else gives them consent to do so. It comes from me. I cannot make a claim for you. Only you can do that. That's why I always stress when people write to me and say, can you please syntax this? Can you please help me with this court document? I'm going through a divorce, going through a custody thing. I got a DUI. I got a speeding ticket. I got this. I got that. I got a mortgage. I got, well, the thing is, is you, if you are to be an authority, to be able to have your own standing, then you must be a steward of your grammar, not me. Because if you want to bring me in to control your grammar or to be a steward of your grammar, that's not what I do. I don't want to control anything. And if you want me to be a steward of you and your grammar, well, then that means I have to take now space away from what I'm doing. And so there must be a rule, one rule, equal performance there. And if you go back and look at uh, Colin David Eiffel and Colin Miller, and like what he would charge people that he would do things for, now I understand why he did that. Because this takes so much time and energy out of one's life that there has to be a rule one rule equal. Otherwise, someone's going to starve. And that's all there is to say about that. Appreciate you listening. And... Uh, I look forward to continuing these uh, strictly grammar podcasts. Thank you.